We're going to get into the Word of God. If you've got your um, Bibles, would you go to Genesis 24? In fact, maybe go here first, Ephesians 4, 31 to 22. We're going to read that in a second. Over the last number of weeks, our yearly theme is, is going about the Father's business. And I've been talking, as I've spoke, about being God carriers and carrying his presence. But I'm staggered by, if you call yourself a Christian, how many Christians are not kind? I believe if we're going to be God carriers, carriers' presence, there's some things we have to do, some principles. And we're going to be kind. Well, I, I just don't get that. I see people all the time saying, I, I'm so full of the Holy Spirit. I'm reading my Bible. I'm, and then could walk out of church and somebody could cut them up on, and they'd be really vile. Or, you know, you get that person who's walking in front of you in the supermarket and you want to shove them out the way. But as Christians, if we're going to be God carriers, it's called us to be kind. You're like, Pastor, you're not teaching us anything new here. I'm trying to remind you we need to be kind <laughs> in a world that's not kind. You know, Caroline, Caroline Flack died, didn't she? Her thing was, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. She didn't invent that. Jesus invented that. In a world where we can be anything, let's be kind. Sean, put that one up. Ephesians Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as, as, well as all types of evil behaviour. Verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ Jesus has forgiven you. I'm staggered by how we are not kind. I'm staggered about... If we are full of God, if we're God carries, we need to be kind to ourselves. We're our, our own worst critics, aren't we? I give you permission this morning not only to be kind to somebody or other people, be kind to yourself. Life's hard. Be kind on yourself. Look in the mirror and don't beat yourself up all the time. Be kind. Maybe you need to look in the mirror. I know your stomach's gone. Your, your arms feel bad. Your legs feel bad. You feel great. But at least you can look in the mirror and say, your eyes are right. You've spotted all that. To <laughs> my point, I'm trying to make it and lift it up a bit this morning. Be kind to yourself. You know, when you've messed up as a parent... Put it right and be kind to yourself. When you've messed up with your money, put it right and be kind to yourself. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say this morning? We haven't got into anything yet. But if we're going to be God carriers, if we're going to carry his presence, we've got to be kind. It's good to be kind just in these four walls. It's easy to be kind in these four walls, isn't it? Well, we don't know who's watching. We're all supposed to be grounded. <laughs> yeah. But 
we're not when we get out of here. Sometimes we're not. And I'm talking to me too. I wish I'd, I wrote the book on being kind. In fact, I said to Jen once, I'm the kindest person you know. She laughed at me. She went, no, you're not. I said, what? <laughs> Pardon? I said, of course I'm the kindest person. That you, no, you're not. Your mum is. No, come on. Why did you have to bring my mum into this? No. I was at a conference the other day. And here's a, here's a challenge for you, you marrieds, or if you're dating, courting, do we still use that word? Have a competition in being kind. Have a competition in, in loving each other better than the other person can love you. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you open the door. No, you. Try and outdo each other when it comes to being kind. It's hard. It's hard. Because in that kindness, sometimes you want to lay some hands on. You're okay, Malcolm, no problem. But be kind to one another. Do you know one act of kindness can change your life and can change somebody else's life? What, their life? Yeah. You don't know the person sitting next to you is doing really well to try and hold it all together today. You don't know the person sitting next to you what night they had, what morning they had. And you've, you've got annoyed because they've sat in your chair. I can't, I can't believe it. I sit there every Sunday. We're not like that in this church, to be honest. Nobody sits in the same seat every week. But my point is, I'm not bothered where you sit. But if somebody did sit in that seat, I do believe we're a church where we're okay with that. That's my point. But in some churches, if you sit in somebody's seat, as much as I want to see you saved, you get out my seat. <laughs> Very kind. Very welcoming. Let's get to Genesis 24. Now, I want to give you some backfill on this story before we get to Genesis 4. And it's Genesis 24 to 1 to 20. I could read the whole chapter. I'm not. I would encourage you to read the chapter or the rest of the verses after. And don't worry, I'm not going to pick on Marion to read it or anybody else. I'm just going to read it myself. So Genesis 24:1. But I want to give you some backfill. Before that, we see Abraham is mightily blessed. Everything that Abraham puts his hand to, he's receiving. Abraham has got money. He's got possessions. He's got camels. He's got land. He's got wives. He's got kids. He's got, you name it. Abraham has been blessed so much by God, he has got it. And here we come. Genesis 24. But the thing he's struggling with, his son's not got a wife. So the promise, so why, is he, why is he worried about his son not having a wife? There's a number of reasons why he's worried that his son's not got a wife. But let's remember what God had given to Abraham. I haven't got time this morning to get into it, but... Abraham was promised by God vast inheritance. That his seed would go far and far. In fact, we're part of Abraham's seed this morning. His inheritance keeps going on. You see, without an heir, without a boy, or sorry, without a family, without his son having a wife, they can't create babies. So without me getting into the detail, I'm sure we've all had the birds and the bees. So we see Isaac needs a wife. 
One's for him to be happy because Abraham is getting old now and he won't leave his son, doesn't want to leave his son on his own. But two, and the main reason is, Abraham's, how's my inheritance going to play out here, Lord, if I don't have an heir? So we see, this is where we're going to pick it up in Genesis 24. Abraham was now old and well advanced in years and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the chief servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh and I want you to swear by the Lord, the Lord God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not, will not get a wife, my son, from my daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure you do not take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of the father's household and my native land, who I spoke to, spoke to me and promised me an oath, saying, To your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from the oath of mine. Only do it. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham, and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. Verse 10. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels. Remember that. That's important that he took ten of his master's camels and left taking with him all kinds of good things from his master. He set out from Aram, Naham, and made his way to the town of Naah. He made the camels kneel down near the well outside the town, it was towards the evening, the time when the women came out to draw water. Then he prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show me kindness and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I will water your camels too. Let it be the one you have chosen for your servant, Isaac, by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. There's that word again, kindness. Verse 15, before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with a jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel and Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. Nahor, don't worry about how I pronounced it. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin, no man had ever lain with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar and came up again. Verse 17, the servant hurried to meet her and said, please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my Lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to the hands and gave him a drink. After she'd given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, till they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied a jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water and drew enough for all the camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. I'm going to leave it there. May God add his blessing unto his word. The story goes on that she feeds the camels and the servant knows that this is God saying, this is the woman for Isaac. And from there, he says to the girl, can I meet your parents? Can we talk? The parents come out. They start to feed him. They, they're great hosts. What do you need? Well, I'm come from my master, I wanted to come to our own people. The master is, is very wealthy, but one thing that hurts him more than anything is that his son has not got a wife. I believe that Rebecca could be the wife. They agree. It's good that they agree, isn't it? 
They say, yes, okay, Rebecca can go. And then 10 days later she goes. And, but meanwhile, the servant blesses them with lots of gifts and all the great bounty that they receive from the master. Why have I stopped there? Because I want to talk about kindness. Rebecca's kindness was extraordinary. It was above and beyond. Have you thought about that passage? If, if you've been in Christian for a while, have you thought about that passage? Have you thought about it? Really thought about the work that she put in to be kind? Let me share it with you. And I want you to understand this is how God works. Rebecca was a nobody. But she was an obedient nobody. You might feel that you're a nobody. I'm a nobody. But God specialises in using obedient nobodies. Did you hear what I said there? God specialises in using obedient nobodies. People like me and you. People like Rebecca. Not from a wealthy family. Just from an obedient family of the Lord. I say this often. That obedience in God's eyes is better than sacrifice. I'll unpack that some other time. But obedience is better than sacrifice. Let me tell you about this offer. But this simple girl with nothing to her name was so faithful that when we are obedient, when we're faithful to God as nobodies, it gets God's attention. Are you hearing me this morning? You know when you're going about the faithful, when you're being kind to people, you're getting God's attention. When you're at work, can you be ratty? Yeah, of course you can. But when you choose to be kind in the situation, it gets God's attention. You know in the supermarket, when the cashier is doing your head in a little bit? It's easy to put her down, isn't it? It's easy to get cross with her. It's hard to be kind. It's harder to be kind. Be kind. It's not hard to be kind if it's naturally within you. What do I mean by that? Practice being kind. It's easy to put somebody down. It's easy to say, I was frustrated the other day. It's not like me to get frustrated. No, don't lie. I was frustrated with some stuff that was going on with the kitchen, cookers and all this sort of stuff. Getting ripped off light, right and centre and trying to be cool, calm and collective and sometimes I shouldn't use that reverend title. And they just would remember that I'd be just an average Joe, and, but I'm not. Too late, I'd use the reverend title. But I was getting angry with this woman inside. And I just felt the Lord say, be kind, be kind. So I listen, love, this ain't your fault. This is your job. I appreciate that, you know. Sorry for getting a little bit excited here. Blah, blah, blah. You know. But in the moments when we are not being kind, maybe we need to ask the Lord, would you shine something on us so we can be kind? And you know the big man and the woman in that moment is being kind? She was shocked because she thought she was going to get double barrel from me. And she, she started to get it. I just had to say, love, I'm really sorry. I know this is your job and you're trying to tell me what the procedure is. You know, a kind word does something a lot to somebody. Opens up a lot of doors when we're kind. So let me tell you about Rebecca. So, key to the story. There's ten camels, right? Now, if you don't like this story, don't get the hump with me, huh? I'm here all week. Try the veal. 
Sam's just rolled her eyes. <laughs> Jen's just raised a couple of eyebrows. So one camel, this is what the, if you look up about camels, um, this is, a camel needs 20 to 30 gallons of water to be full. Woo, that's a lot of water. Right, just stick, stick with me. I'm going to do some maths. Maths wasn't my thing. Pete will correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going with it anyway. So let's work this out then. Ten camels, put, in fact, we'll come to that in a minute, Sean. Ten camels, let's say they just drink 20 gallons. They're not thirsty today. They're just going to go for 20 gallons. So ten camels times 20 gallons, if I've got this right, is 200 gallons. Are you still with me in this TED Talk maths lesson that I'm giving you? now so let's take it a little bit further this is how much how great she was in in kindness this nobody this is how kind she was she didn't know who this servant was she didn't know what the reward was she didn't know what she was going to get she was a nobody being obedient and just being kind so 200 gallons drawn here we go we're going to get in trouble here with a five gallon jug I know, what does a five-gallon jug look like? Thanks for asking. It's a great question. Sean, put it up. Thanks for asking it, though. So you know when you go into an office, that is a five-gallon jug. Now, I don't know, have you ever tried lifting one of them with water in? They've got a bit of weight to them. In fact, see my boy Noah there, who's on his next biscuit? I've clocked you. So five gallons of water, no, is that right? Five gallons of water is about 42 pounds, which I think is about a four-year-old. Would that be right? I don't know. Let's just go with it, shall we? So she has taken Noah on her shoulders back and forth. Actually, she's taken that water on her shoulders back and forth. So this is the crazy thing. So we've got 10 camels, 20 gallons, 200 gallons. 200 gallons with a five-gallon drug. Let's say she's got to do 40 trips. Flipping it. 200 divided by five equals 40, right? Where am I going with this? You'll, you'll find out in a minute. So let's, five minutes. Five minutes a trip. To, to fill a don not a donkey, a camel. We're not getting on the donkeys. Where am I going with this pasta? I'm, I am going somewhere. I'm just trying to show you how kind she is. So she's five minutes carrying this. She must have some good shoulders on her. Back and forth, back and forth. Not only does she say, oh, I'll give you a drink. I'll feed you camels. So she's feeding these 10 camels. Now, she's got 40 trips. So let's just say it's 40 trips, five gallons, 200 so it's 200 minutes, three hours, 33 minutes. Is that right? Three hours, 33 minutes, she's fetching water for camels. There's kind, and then it's kind, isn't there? I'll be like, yeah, just help yourself. You know, I'm going back in the house. If you aren't out, pop in. That's kind. She's not for three hours, 33 minutes. She's taking this water. She's a nobody, remember. She doesn't know what the reward is. God sees when we are faithful. Maybe you haven't had to do something for three hours, 33 minutes, but he sees when you go back and forth doing what you're doing in the obedience. When you're obedient, you catch God's attention. When you're kind, you catch his attention. Now, I don't know if I've got the maths right, 
Three hours, 33 minutes. It's a lot of weight she's carrying. It's a lot of water. But wow, what an act of kindness. When was the last time somebody did something for you? Three hours, 33 minutes. Body magic. I'm working the pounds off here. (laughs) When did somebody do that for you? That, That is an act of kindness. She was a nobody. Carrying three stone back and forth. Is an interesting thing, and this is an interesting thing for you to get this morning. She didn't realize this act of kindness would change her life forever. Maybe you don't understand the act of kindness that you do might change your life forever. Her actions were answering a servant's prayer. When you're obedient, you might be you might be answering a servant's prayer somewhere else in the vineyard. Not only answering a servant's prayer, but being the next step in God's plan. One act of kindness can change your life forever and somebody else's life forever. You see, Rebecca wasn't a superstar. She didn't know what the reward was. All she did is what she was. All she did is what she felt was right. By doing this, she became Isaac's wife, inheritor of Abraham's fortune, and the ancestor. This is listen to this. One act of kindness. She becomes the ancestor. Of Jesus. That's a remarkable act of kindness, isn't it? This woman who just showed up, just being faithful, a nobody, being the ancestor of Jesus. Now that's going the extra mile. I want to share some principles this morning that we can get hold of when it comes to kindness and this passage of scripture. The first thing that I want to mention, and I'm going to be very quick at this point now. When we give generously, we get more back than we ever thought possible. And to get hold of that, get hold of that in your spirit, maybe you need to write that down. I'm going to say it again. When we give generously, we get more back than we ever thought possible. Matthew 7 verse, uh, 7, verse 2, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You see, we set the limit of what we receive by what we give, by what we sow. Not just in finances, in kindness, in love, in whatever it may be. In fact, for a moment, let's just, it's important to, to grasp the principle of seed time and harvest in Genesis 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If we sow big amounts, we receive big amounts. If we sow small amounts, what will you receive? Small amount. And if you sow nothing, what will you receive? Nothing. Rebecca received back more than she ever dreamed or expected. It's interesting. Get hold of this. Give what you can. You'll be amazed about what God will give you in return. God's no man's debtor on time, in the love that you pour in, in the kindness that you put in, in the finances that you put in, in the, and I'm not just talking in church, in to blessing and helping and loving people. This loving God and loving people thing. Amazing. When we give generously, we get more back than we ever thought. I told you that she was an ancestor of Jesus. Let me just confirm this to you. This is where Rebecca is in the order. You might be thinking, really? She's an ancestor of Jesus? Yeah, Rebecca became, listen, the great, 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 
great, great, great, great, great, great, great, great, great grandmother of the Messiah. Have I made that up? No. Twelve back. So something that you do today will affect your future. Good or bad. So I want to challenge you this morning. What do you want to harvest in the future? Whatever it's in. Because if you want to harvest something in the future, in that relationship, in that love thing, in that finance issue, in that, if you want to receive the harvest in the future, today's the day you've got to sow. Because in three months' time, five months' time, six months' time, a year's time, when you want to harvest, it's no good going back, do you know what? I wish, you know, I think Pastor said something. It was, it was in July sometime about if we sowed. And, and then I was challenged and I thought, yeah, I would give something or I was going to be kind or I was going to be loving. And, and then, you know what, the kids kicked in or something happened and I didn't do it. It's no good 12 months' time. It's too late. If you, what harvest do you want to see if so? to that harvest she was 12 times removed the seeds of kindness she showed were multiplied into a mega harvest that she could never dream or imagine when we give generously we get back more than we can ever thought possible let me come to my second principle when we give generously loved ones will be blessed too get hold of this now this is a remarkable principle and we see later on in the story that Rebecca was obviously blessed with gifts and stuff. The family was blessed. As they're leaving, he blesses them. Not only blesses them when he first arrives, the servant with gifts. If you read the story, he blesses them later on with more stuff. Do you know what? I think we've got a few bits of gold kicking about there. Yeah, just get it off the eighth camel. You can have that as well. And I think we've got a few more bits on number three. Yeah, just load them off. So we see Rebecca's obedient. She's a nobody, she's obedient, she's been faithful, she's just showing some kindness. Not only does she get blessed, her family are now blessed. So my, my second principle, my point is that when you give generously, loved ones will be blessed too. Now I believe this, your loved ones don't have to be saved. Yes they do, hear me right, don't take it out of context. Because you are sowing, because you are standing in the gap, because you are taking God serious at his word, your family will be blessed doesn't say there's a condition there they must know Jesus hear me I want them to know Jesus because of you your one act of kindness your faithfulness your family will be blessed too there should be some more amens in the room because they probably don't deserve it but because of your faithfulness because of your kindness they're going to be blessed who doesn't want their family to be blessed Abraham's servant gave out gold articles, rich garments to Rebecca and to her family, costly gifts, amazing things. The more that we give, not only does God bless us, the more our families get blessed. And I'm, I'm, I'm for that. Maybe today, maybe, maybe you are stingy with your kindness. Don't know where to look. Maybe you are stingy with your kindness. But maybe you need to sow some kindness today. Not for your sake, for your family's sake. Do you hear me? It's not all about you. Oh dear. Sow kindness for the sake of your family. Because 
I'm going to make a bold thing now. Can you afford to rob them of the blessing? Whew. Pastor, it was all right when you were messing about with the water stuff and trying to count up. But now you're saying, can I afford not to be kind because it won't bring a blessing to my family? Your family will be blessed, hear me, but there's principles. Can you afford for them not to be blessed? I don't know. When we give generously, loved ones will be blessed too. Principle three. When, when we give, when you give, the impact of your generosity, kindness, will often outlive you. And when you give, and we give, the impact of your generosity, kindness, will often outlive you. I had a conversation with somebody this morning. And something had been given. But the guy's response to me was, we're giving it because it will outlive us. The gift, what we've given, will outlive us. We've got to get that mindset. That our kindness, our generosity is about building a legacy thing. A legacy thing. When you give, the impact of your generosity kindness will out, often outlive you. What's an example of that? Salvation Army? Everybody seen the Salvation Army? That was me playing the drums. As you know, it was good. Salvation Army? Correct me if I'm wrong. William Booth? Might not know a lot about William Booth, but you know the Salvation Army. Some of you will know William Booth. Why? Because his legacy lives on. You know why there's trees as you walk down the Marle in France? Because Napoleon stood there watching his soldiers march and he said, the sun is beating them up. They're walking miles in and they fought for us. What can we do about this? And the advisor says, the only way you're going to do this is to plant trees. Napoleon's like, right? But, but you don't understand. It's going to cost lots and lots of money. And you are never going to see it, Napoleon. You're never going to see it. He turns around to the advisor. And, well, we best crack on then, haven't we? In his French. And now there's trees that row that mile because Napoleon wanted to be kind and compassionate on his men. Our kindness will often outlive us. What would the world be like if Noah had said, I don't do boats? If David had said, do you know what? I don't do giants. If Mary had said, nah, I don't do virgin births. Paul said, no, I don't do letters. More importantly, what if Jesus said, I don't do crosses? Wow, we laugh. And good, I want you to laugh. I want you to. I'm just trying to show you how amazing, how far our kindness can go. I'm glad Jesus said, he does crosses, aren't you? All those people that I've mentioned did it. And what they did still has an impact on our lives today. Their generosity, their kindness outlived their natural lives. A lifestyle of generous kindness giving will outlive you and bless those who, fo who, who follow you. 
Luke 6, verse 38, says this. And I'm coming to an end. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap for the measure you use will be measured to you. Have you ever thought about that verse? That's a scary verse. It's not if you're generous. It's not if you're kind. Lord, am I being as generous, as kind, as faithful as I can be with what I have? And Because I want that measure back. In fact, I want more. And God's maths are, are different than our maths. I want to read you this story. His name was Fleming and he was a poor Scottish farmer. One day while trying to make a living for his family, he heard a cry for help coming from a nearby bog. He dropped his tools and ran into the bog. When we say bog here, we know what we're talking about here, right? Yeah. In the ditch kind of area. Heard a cry of help coming from the nearby bog. He dropped his tools and he ran to the bog there. Mere to his waist in black muck was a terrified boy screaming and struggling to free himself. Farmer Fleming saved the lad from what would have been a slow and terrifying death. The next day, a fancy carriage pulled up at the Scotsman's sparse surroundings. Elegantly dressed nobleman stepped out and introduced himself as the boy's father. I want to repay you, said the nobleman. You saved my son's life. No, I can't accept payment for what I did, said the Scottish farmer, waving off the offer. At that moment, the farmer's own son came to the door of the family home. Is this your son, the nobleman asked. Yes, the farmer replied proudly. I'll make you a deal. Let me take him and give him a good education. If the lad is anything like his father, he'll grow to be a man he can be proud of. And that's what they did. In time, Farmer Fleming's son graduated from St. Mary's Hospital Medical School in London and went on to become known throughout the world as the noted Sir Alexander Fleming, the discoverer of penicillin. Listen to this. Years afterwards, the nobleman's son was stricken, stricken with, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, pneumonia. And what saved him was penicillin, the name of the nobleman, Lord Randolph Churchill. His son's name was Sir Winston Churchill. What a story. It's not a made-up story. That's a true story. One act of kindness changed multiple lives. Amazing. When you give, the impact of your generosity, kindness will often and will outlive you. No farmer sows seeds and expects no harvest. Well, have I got that wrong? Do they? No, no farmer. Do they? Um, are you agree? No farmer would sow a seed not to expect a harvest. Our input determines our outcome. I believe this. We need to be people who are givers. We need to be people, not just, I'm not just talking money. It's not about the money. In our kindness, in our time, in our love, in our resources. Do you know We are trying to be a church that's generous. We're trying to be a church that's kind. I've said, Really working hard at that. When I say working hard, I mean I'm being intentional. If another church wants to borrow something from our church, if I've got it, they can have it. Now, 
I'd like to say that was, there's some churches that will let me back, there's other churches that won't, and I don't want to get into the politics of stuff, but we're going to be a church that's going to be generous, we're going to be a church that's going to be kind, because it affects our harvest. We need to be givers, I want us to be givers, of your time, resources, whatever you've got. I don't want your mickey to be taken out of you, you need to be wise. There's one of my seed now, being a blessing. <laughs> Got to be people who, who, who are kind, loving and generous. It is a thing for you. I, again, I don't know where to look. You know, if you're miserable. <laughs> Rob, Rob. In truth, when you walked in here, how long ago was it? Four and a half years ago, you were a miserable, miserable pig. However, now this is my point. This man found Jesus, and he's full of the joy of the Lord. Amazing. He is. You knew he was a miserable pig, didn't you? You still think he is, but he is filled with the joy of the Lord. But you know my point is Jesus changes. Knock me off track here. <laughs> so if you're miserable, if you walk down the street, it's more like this in Luton than it is up here because I used to live in Luton. You know, if you smile at somebody, what do you expect back? Come on. Come on then. Smile then. Smile then. Oh, he is. But if I'm, if I'm going to... That's like kind of me being like... All right. But if you sow a smile, what are you going to get back? Hopefully, well, in Luton you don't because they think they're going to mug you. Or That's a whole different ballgame down south. Say hello to somebody on the tube, they're like checking the wallet. <laughs> that's my experience. I'm not pigeonholing anybody. Okay. But what you sow, we get back. Do you know, if, you're, if you are miserable, again, I don't know where to look, don't be surprised what the harvest is going to be. Do you know, I'm sick of it. Everybody's miserable in my life. Everybody's, mm. well, maybe we need to change. Maybe we need to give your face a joyride and swap it up a little bit. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, preach it. I hope you're catching my heart this morning. Have I been amazingly deep? No. But you see, this is the problem I've got with the Word of God. Here we go. You're going to understand what I'm saying here. I've got no problem with the Word of God. Let's just start there. Draw that before you challenge me later. The Word of God is no good for us unless we can apply it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So why am I teaching, why I'm preaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it like this? Because I want us to apply it. I need, I don't need, I don't need you to apply it, I want you to apply it. Because this makes us in a position that allows God to make us God carriers. See, maybe being a God carrier is actually that person just needs a smile or a loving arm today. Do you know what? They've messed up at work. 
and everything is within your right to rip them a new one. And they're expecting it. I tell you what, you'll get a better response if you are kind, if you are loving, if you put an arm around them than ripping them a new one. Interesting, huh? When you give, the impact of your generosity, kindness will often outlive you. So I want to just leave you with this, and I am going to leave you with this now. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, tonight, when you go out of here, how are you going to be kind? How are you going to be kind? Because in a world where we can be anything, be kind. Take that today. That's where I'm going to end it. In a world where we can be anything, be kind. When we're loving God and loving people, kindness flows through. I can't believe they've messed that up again. Instead of getting angry, be kind. Be loving. When you're Husband messes it up again, Jen. Get hold of this. Not just a Jen. When your husband messes up or your wife messes up, or be kind. I can't believe you've done that. Oh, and and let me go back to 1982 when you you said oh. actually loved. You know what? I've got it wrong. I'm sorry. Be kind. And be kind how you respond. Oh, you, you, I'm going to wring your neck, man. If you do that again, if you put the towel there again, or you, be kind. I'm not saying the man should keep putting the towel on the floor or the kid should, but let's be kind. In a world where we can be anything, what am I asking you to do? Amen. Well, I'm done. Because I'm boring myself now. Now you're supposed to be kindness. Oh no, pastor, carry on. It's all right, you've all missed it. I, I don't want any second thoughts after that now. <laughs> Would you stand for me? I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that in a world where we can be anything, you require us to be kind. And Lord, this week, I pray that, and, and, and future weeks, that Lord, there's something within our DNA, there's something within our gut that just helps us to operate in kindness. It's one of the gifts. Father, that we would respond right to people, that we would deal with people right, that we would just be loving on people. This week, Father God, I pray that we would Grow in you in a different way. That you'd show us how we could really be kind. Lord, there's lots of opportunities. Let us walk in them for you. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to sing our final song.